So between 9 and 10, we've got the naked scientist, Dr. Chris Smith. So get those questions ready, questions about everyday life, things that you've noticed. He's got that scientific twist and the answer for you. Um, after 10, yes, we'll look at international news with um, DW. Uh, but I'm also going to tell you about we, we're running a really awesome cryptocurrency investment campaign with Revex. Um, and I'll be chatting to Sean Saunders, right, um, about that. Uh, we're also going to be chatting to the DA's Alan Windy, the Premier of the Western Cape, Bongan Kosima de Gisela, has been suspended for seemingly lying about his academic qualifications. And then after 11 o'clock, Dr. Rose Phillips, the future now with Doc Rose. So that's it. In a nutshell, what's on your mind? What would you like to talk about? And that's the key thing that I have for you. Got a couple of bits of audio that I'm going to be uh, playing out for you as well. Um, I want to know what your favorite movie scene is, by the way. I mean, it's a Friday. We can start talking about that, right? And I'm a huge Liam Neeson fan. And I uh, remember the movie Taken, 2008. And my favorite part of that whole movie, and quite frankly, I wish I had a neighbor like this, um, is when he said this. Take a listen to this. Do you remember this? I know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Haha, <laughs> love that. Oh, it's my favorite part of most movies I've ever, ever watched. That is my favorite scene. The other one, of course, is, um, oh, what's it? The Man Who Sued God. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. Um, it was Billy Connolly. And I mean, I don't do a very good Billy Connolly voice, but um, um, he, he, his boat explodes and his life is ruined and he's sitting with the insurance company and the guy said, no, sorry, we can't cover this. It's an act of God. And he goes, act of God. Act of God. He says, are you telling me this is an act of God? He says, would it be an act of God if I stood up here in front of you and this crutch happened to disappear down your throat, pushing your epiglottis through your a-hole? <laughs> would that be an act of God? Which is another uh, great movie scene. Um, so the man who sued God. Man, it's a Friday. Let's talk about these things, right? So that's the one thing I'm putting on the table. Um, nothing high level or anything like that. Uh, I'm putting it out there for you to comment on. Another one, uh, it's an educationalist, educationalist by the name of Brian Smith. And he had this to say about the education department, which really sums up everything I've been saying ever since I've been on air. But let's take a listen to that. You are 21st century students. You're being taught by 20th century teachers. And what they're doing is delivering a 19th century curriculum to you. Schools are based on the factory system with bells ringing and children moving from class to class, grouped into year groups according to their age of manufacture, not their ability. You're being taught to find the right answers to pass exams. What's the right answer to global warming? What's the right answer to social media algorithms that polarise opinion? We need young people who can work together, collaborate, operate globally. We need a new curriculum, a new way of working. My problem is that I don't know what a 21st century curriculum looks like. 
but I do know we need change. Spot on, Brian Smith. We need change. Maybe you've got some thoughts around what school should look like in the future. We're still telling them. He's right. We're telling them, oh, you've got to learn what happened in the past. No, 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 no. You should be more worried about the future. You should be more worried about critical thinking. You should be more worried about those sort of things. Um, and, and uh, you know, one has to then ask whether Elon Musk, for example, is doing the right thing, taking his kids out of traditional school and teaching them himself. It's called Astro something. I forget the name of his school. And he lets them take engines apart and do all sorts of other things practically, which I, I really think. I mean, and listen, of course, there's the academic side of it, which we need to nurture because it's important. But it's not the beginning and end of everything. So that is something else I put on the table for you as well. And then, you know, you get people who say to you, oh, it's impossible. You can't do that. It's impossible. You can't do that. Right. Now, people can say what they like about Steve Jobs. The thing about Steve Jobs is, yeah, okay, maybe he wasn't the easiest person to work with. Maybe he wasn't the easiest person to work with. Now, I don't think we um, – I sent this through to about Joe, but I don't think he has it ready. Um, but I, I'm going to play something uh, from Steve Jobs. As a matter of fact, we do have it now where he talks about the world that we live in. I'm not going to give you too much insight into that. Let's take a listen to his words. Everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can, you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing. And, uh, you know, what I get out of that is we're so used to living in this life and its constraints, right? And this is what it is. This is what people have been doing for a long time, so therefore you accept it. And not everybody is going to challenge that because they love the picket fence, they love the home, they love the security, they love all of that. But there's a special breed of person that goes, hold on, is this really what life is meant to be? Is this really the way we need to be doing things? Why not let's upset this little apple cart and try and do it the other way? And when she, once you start affecting another business models of traditional businesses within various industries and that gets turned upside down and counterintuitive things become the norm then that is what you then eventually call disruption so maybe you've got some thoughts on that and then something a little heavier but i i, I thought it's 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 important to play this right um and this is on tiktok there's a young man um he's i'm gonna play it for you right now and he basically took on his followers because he's received death threats from them because of some of the things that he speaks about, right? And he emanates from Zimbabwe. And that's where he was born. That's where he lived. And he just had enough of his followers and had the following to say. So this is for all the fellow white Zimbabweans who've been dropping death threats in my DMs lately. You want to get all frosty in my comments and DMs just because I'm trying to introduce black narratives to the subject of Zimbabwean suffering when all you want to do is talk about the white farmer appropriation. That's fine, my guy. You're entitled to your opinion. But you know what I think is so embarrassing for you is that I know that every single one of you mother was raised by a black woman, myself included, because the Rhodesian government made black people's chances of survival contingent on how well they could serve white families. And that's fucking disgusting for starters. 
But the fact that you want to undermine the pain and suffering of the people who literally fed, clothed, educated, and raised you is quite fucking disgusting. Okay. These- we were supposed to edit that out. It wasn't edited. But anyway. Um, anyway, what are you saying? Apologies for that. I do apologize. I did ask for it to be edited. But um, essentially, he says, you know what? We all choose our own things that we want to talk about because it suits us. It suits where we come from. And I don't want to make this a white black thing necessarily, but... Um, we always choose our own things because farm murders is your thing, right? Because it affects your people. And that's the one thing you want to talk about. Apartheid is your thing because, well, apartheid affected everybody, but a lot of people were very heavily affected by apartheid, obviously. And that's your thing and you don't care about everybody else. And I think essentially what he is saying is we need to be moving into a world where we start thinking about other people. And start understanding other people's stories. And stop just immersing ourselves into our own very narrowly focused, self-serving stories. And how does one do that? Do you do that? Do you think about other people? It's a bit like sitting in your car and you're driving to work and you're frustrated because someone else cut in in front of you. And all you think about, and I don't know, this might not be true to you, right, but um, a, a lot of people would just think about, oh, this is, he cut in in front of me. He's making my life hell. He's making me upset. But have you ever wondered what that person might be going through? There might be an emergency. That person might to get, need to get somewhere urgently. And, you know, 10 minutes would be a very long time for that particular person so i'm putting it out there whatever you want to talk about you certainly can let's listen to some of the voice notes that you've sent in as well so we'll be going through all of those but just remember this of course is today i am kino cummies i'm with you all the way through until midday and whatever's on your mind i'd love to hear from you absolutely would love to hear from you and introduce the new stuff i'm just throwing some of the things out there um but let's take a listen to what you want to talk about this morning Good morning, Kino. Kino, my best movie clip or television series clip was Best Professor, where he says, They come here with a schedule for Hamors. That was a good one, and I can still remember that. Tell it to my daughter always. Thanks so much for good show from Odin on Bellville Tech Sharing. Uh, thank you very much. Let's go straight to your... I've got some... Actually, I want to go to one or two of the voice notes and we'll go to Stephen in the gardens. Um, Joe, you got the voice notes? Um, no, we're going to... All right, never mind. Um, let's just go to Stephen. Hi there, Stephen. How are you doing? Morning, Kino. Well, how are you doing? Always good, Stephen. Thank you, Kino. Just to, I just want to express my opinion on uh, this very prompt suspension of Mr. Madikazera, which is uh, obviously was warranted. Why for two weeks, I do not know. But I'm surprised that Mr. Windy acted so quickly to suspend him when he has done nothing about uh, feral pain. Stephen, here's my question to you, Stephen. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna have to ask you about this because every time you send us a voice note, every yes. time you talk about feral pain, Every single time. 
Have you ever worked in the traffic department before? No, but I have got somebody very closely who works in that department, and that's why I speak from a bit of experience. Okay, okay. Now, I'm just asking. I'm very interested in that. Listen, I mean, we've obviously asked Mr. Mandigizela Mandela about that. Now, um, you know, he's obviously took the decision that Mr. Payne, despite the fact that he's going to court and he's been accused of... Um, you know, um, sexual impropriety and all the rest of it um, is, I mean, I don't like the fact that he still is the traffic chief, but that is the decision that government has made. And it is something which we've taken the department on about and asked the, the premier about. But yeah, I mean, you know, okay, well, well what were you going to say other, over and above no, I just that? wanted to know why is it to be double standards? His offense, so alleged offense, and he's in court for it, is way worse um, if you weigh them up against Mr. Marigizela's mm. offence. Mm. And that mm. is my point. I've got nothing mm. personal against Mr. Payne. Mm. Uh, I do miss, uh, miss listening to anybody of authority in the traffic department when he used to have Kenny Africa there. Mm. But uh, I just speak from knowing someone very close to me who works in the provincial government, and uh, I knew about this situation a long time before it actually became public. And I just I think it's okay. been handled very well. Yeah, listen, it is concerning that a uh, traffic chief is still in his job when uh, very serious allegations have been laid. And it's not just about allegations. It's actually about, um, it, 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 it's actually ab- about a court case where he's actually <laughs> charged with something. So now I, I agree with you on that one. Thank um, you. Now, the NPA won't, won't put a case into court unless they have a very serious, uh, they will believe they will succeed with it. Yeah, no, Stephen, thank you very much for that, Stephen, in the gardens. What else is on your mind? What else would you like to talk about this morning? So I'll take your thoughts and calls on 021-446-0567 and WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. It is 924, and uh, I just I want to go back to what that guy said about Zimbabweans. And, and the, who raised you? Who raised you when you were young? Who took you to school in the morning? Now, of course, parents work hard and they need to um, make a living. But who actually raised you, looked after you, um, took you for walks? And if we look around our neighborhoods and we look at these lovely, uh, mostly women, who get up really early, sometimes don't see their own children, um, and sometimes they have to stay over at someone's house so that they can look after that family's children. What value do you put on that woman in your household? And it's mainly, I mean, a lot of the time it is domestic workers who don't see their families. And Joe was telling me earlier, you know, in, in the townships when you talk about, oh, what does your mother do? Um, a lot of these young people go, no, she works in the kitchen. Basically meaning that she's working in someone else's kitchen. Hey, Joe? Um, and, and I don't know. It's, and, and we demean people half the time. We talk, and I just, I just wonder what your thoughts are on that. You entrust people with the lives of your children. Yet, a lot of the discourse brings down whole populations that sometimes people call incompetent, etc., etc., etc. Yet, a lot of 
people are competent enough to be left with your child to push a pram, to take the child to school, to feed the child while you are working. So I'm just asking, how were you raised? Who raised you? Um, I know I was raised by my, my, my grandmother. And my grandmother used to be a domestic worker. And I had the closest, closest relationship um, with my dearly departed grandmother. And I'll always remember that. And I have a very soft spot for other grandmothers as well, as a result. So I'd love to hear from you this morning on 021-446-0567 and WhatsApp on 072-567-1567. This is today. I'm Kino Cummies. And if you want to contact us, if you're too bunk to phone in and say, hey, Kino, this has been my experience, send in those WhatsApps on that number that I've just given you.